You guys excited for the word today? Yes. I'm telling you, as soon as I came in today, I just felt a hunger in the atmosphere. Yes. And uh, I, there's a many adjectives and verbs I could use to describe our guest speaker this morning. Um, I met her, her husband, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark and Dana Sarver, pastor of a church up in Kentucky called Solid Rock Church. I mean, that's a good name right there. You know you're going to get the, you know you're going to get the gospel when you go to Solid Rock Church, y'all. And uh, met her husband on the mission field. They brought a very large team from, from Kentucky down. So I spent the whole week with her husband, Mark. This is the first time I've been able to meet Pastor Dana. And uh, a couple weeks ago when Lee and I were talking about Pastor Dana coming, I said, I bet you she's going to have a word for Sunday morning. So when Leah talked to her, she said, I got a word for Christian Center Church. And I'm so excited for her to bring it. So could you give a warm Christian Center welcome to Pastor Dana Starter this morning? Oh, my goodness. I have felt the presence of Jesus in this room. Have you felt the presence of Jesus? Listen, I want to tell you something. You should never, ever, ever, ever take for granted what's in this room. I don't know if you realize it, but there are churches that do not have the presence of God. They have performance. They have personalities. Come on. But to be in a house in the middle of Florida and experience The love of Jesus because he says, abide in me and I am in you. When I walked into this house today, I felt the love of Jesus. But the worship, come on now. The worship. I don't need to preach. Jesus has already come in this room. Amen. How many needs him in this house? Listen. If you didn't raise your hand, I hope by the time that we leave here today, you realize you need Jesus. Amen. Amen. How many adores, loves, I'm not smart. I don't know if I'm using adjectives. Am I using adverbs or adjectives? (laughs) I really ain't. How many love your pastors And, and their kids? Holland and Hudson. Amen. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful to be able to have met y'all. We know everybody together. Uh, It's it's such a small world. I know know that the the worship team, some of the worship team, brother, Sister Diane Mullins, we ain't going to start calling names because the name above all names is who's to be lifted up today. Amen. But I am thankful to be here. I really am. I know you don't know me, but will you just trust your pastors and trust Jesus? Amen. I'm thankful that you allow me this opportunity, but... I want to, I didn't know I was going to do this and I've sat there and wrestled, but how many's ever had a whooping from Jesus? (laughs) They ain't nothing like it. I don't want another one. So I'm going to obey Jesus. Is that okay? Jesus has been, is, and continues to do exactly who he is a healer. Amen. Um, About five years ago, he said, I'm going to send you on a healing revival. It won't look like the revivals of the days of past. You see, I'm an evangelist daughter. I don't know how much time I have. (sighs) Oh, goodness, there's a big red clock. (laughs) Here's your sign. I've already, 
But anyway, he said it won't look like the revivals of the past. I'm an evangelist child. I've been rolled, y'all, I've been rolled under every pew in every state. I've counted bubble gum. I've watched Bobby Flint pins fly across the room underneath that pew. But little did I know what Jesus was doing underneath those pews. He was putting me there to encounter, to experience the fullness of who he was. Would I appreciate it then? No. But I'm telling you because of what I've seen as a little girl, demons cast out, people get up out of wheelchairs. It let me know that when God said, I'm sending you on a healing revival, even though you don't see it, even though you're not experiencing it in the church today, come on, how many is the last time you've seen a miracle in the house? I'm here to tell you Tuesday night, about two hours from my home, the Lord did exactly what he's doing right now. He said, I want you to call this out. Four people stood up and I heard a testimony before somebody left that night that said, I had a slip disc disc in my neck. I walked in in pain on my left side, just the way that the Lord said it, but I don't have pain anymore. And the Lord came into that room and miraculously touched people. Now, I don't know if somebody has a left side. Come on. I've been feeling it ever since I've been on the plane, 3,500 feet in the air. A left side hip. I don't know what's going on with you, but would you just let Jesus touch you so I don't have to carry this pain anymore in the name of Jesus. So if you're in here in the room and with the left hip, your left hip, I don't know if it's sciatic. I don't know if it's a hip injury. I don't know what it is, but I do know Jesus has come to miraculously touch your body. It's wearing you out. You've been in pain and God said, I I've called you to live victorious. You cannot walk that way in pain. So today, if that's you, I want you just to raise your hand that you can say, I see you back there. I can say I have a left pain. Come on, just stand up. Come on, just stand up. I'm being very specific. Well, look at you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I want you to put your hand on that left hip. How many believe the miracle? There you are. Man, I already asked if I could steal you, and they said no. (laughs) How many believes the miracle worker is here? Yahshua. I want you to put your hand on that left side, and if you believe in the miraculous... If you have doubt, don't, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Let somebody else touch them. Let somebody else reach to them. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you today for the blood. I thank you today, God, that in this very moment, because of obedience to the voice of God, Father, God, that we expect, we know, and God, we receive the touch of the master's hand. I thank you, God, for touching Pastor Leah. I thank you, God, for the others that have stood up in this room. I thank you, God, that in this moment, God, you're ministering to their body, to that nerve, whatever it is, God. And God, in a moment, by the spoken name of Jehovah Rapha, the Lord said, I heal you. I make you whole. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Be made whole. Be made whole. Now, before we leave today, if you'll be so, so, I don't know, so thankful for his touch, I 
want you to let your pastors know, let us know. I came in one way, but I'm walking out another. Come on, I came in here one way, but I'm walking out of another. Come on, only he, not only hips, but even over the mind, depressive minds. That does, that, that's that spirit of anxiety. I came in here one way, Sister Dana. You don't even know the hell that I faced to try to get out of the door this morning. I'm telling you, God is here to seal you and to set you free and to deliver you this morning. If you'll just believe it. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Those of you that had your hand in the air or were standing, I want you to go ahead and just start moving that left hip. Come on, start moving it out of faith. It's already done. It's already done. Can somebody testify the pain's gone? The pain is gone. There's a witness. Get ready. In the name of Jesus. Get ready in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's rejoice over a miracle. Are you all saying you walked in one way and you walked out another? I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Jesus in the room, it's only because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I did come to preach a message this morning, but I'm here to obey Jesus. Amen. I love what I'm feeling. I feel the spirit of revival. Who's been praying for revival here? Go ahead, baby. Go ahead and receive it. You're getting it, mama. You're getting it. You're getting it. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You stand as long as you want. You move that hip back and forth as a witness to us as long as you want. Right now, Father, I thank you for the spirits falling upon her. That's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. revival it's time it is time pastors were telling us about a hurricane and a tornado blew through here and I was sitting there in that pew chair whatever and I thought well of course it did whatever happens in the natural whatever happens in the natural don't look on it as the negative look on it as the preceding power of God about to blow in this area about why not here why not now listen I ain't got time to make stuff up I don't have time I won't waste time but in about five minutes you'll figure out there is nothing about me that you can't figure out it's black and white I stand in the stead of Jesus if I speak anything out of term I'm accountable for it I'm telling you the wind of revival is blowing I'm telling you there needs to be some prayer services there needs to be some intercessors rise up and say wind of God blow over us our children need it our homes need it our world needs it I'm telling you Florida Hobadassah or wherever we are needs the spirit of the Lord 
began to see the palm branches blow. And I said, Lord, so be it in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the Lord began to blow. Come on, how many believes that? In the name of Jesus. So get ready. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something for revival. Ball games cannot be more important. The voice on NBC cannot be more important. It's going to take a sanctified. It's going to take a committed people that are willing to lay yourself down and say, no matter what, God, I'm desperate for a revival. And I'm telling you where he meets you at is where you find him. The wind is already blowing. I'm telling you, you're going to have to pay a price. But I feel like there's a few, not all, but there's a few in here willing to do that. How many is the last? I'm from the old school. I got a message to preach. Let me remind myself. But how many remembers the old time, all night prayer meetings? I called one a few months ago. I was in Virginia preaching. I felt the spirit of revival. I said, Pastor, there's a revival in this area. Little did I know the Masonic Lodge was right next to him. Little did I know a satanic temple was right down the road. And I said, God is wanting to do something. Can we spend the night in prayer? Can we stay here like I did when I was a little girl? When I would hear the sound of groaning, the sound of weeping. God save my children. God bring my prodigal home. God move upon my church. God move upon our houses. And I'm telling you the spirit of God would come into that house and revival would break out. I'm not talking about one day. I'm talking about three weeks. I'm talking about six weeks. I'm talking about three months. People night after night would come Jesus is going to cost us something. Give me a little bit more volume in the monitor if you don't mind. Come on, I don't even want you to raise your hand because you might get in trouble later. But I want you to raise your spirit in the answer. Am I willing to pay the price for revival? I know your pastors will. They have a hunger. They have a sold out spirit. And I'm telling you, they will get in the trenches with you and fight and believe for revival. Amen. 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 Thank you for allowing Jesus to touch your bodies this morning. I'm going to take us to a chapter. It's an Old Testament chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse 19 through 21. And I'm going to ask Pastor if you would stand and pray over this message. The deliverance of this message and the receiving of this message. First Kings chapter 19. 19 through 21. Father as we search your word in this moment. God we pray you search our hearts. 
because it's only the spirit that knows what the mind of our father is and that can translate that mind into the hearts of the people. So God, in this moment, we reverence you. I pray a holy reverence just settle over this congregation. Lord, I know in this season we've been in, you've been turning the soil of our hearts, God. You've been plowing up the ground for the impartation of more than just the word, but the spirit in the word. Father, we thank you for Pastor Dana. We thank you for her husband, Mark. We thank you that they are in time revivalists being raised up in this season and time. So, Lord, we just say, God, speak through our sister and we will listen. Let us hear what the spirit is saying to the church today, God. God bless your word. Everything said of Pastor Dana, let it fall by the wayside. But whatever said under the unction and anointing of Holy Spirit, let it go into good soil this morning. And Father, we're believing for 30, 60, 100 fold return upon your word today. God, we bless you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give your attention, church. If there's intercessors in the house, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and just take your post right there in that seat and intercede over this message today. I have a friend who is a very popular preacher. I love her. I love her. Man, she can preach. She said, Sister Dana, where are you going to be preaching down there? It's your first time there, you know. And I know all that stuff. Okay, let's just get all that ironed out. I know what kind of message is popular. I know what people love to hear. I'm being honest. I know. But I know I hear the voice of the Lord. And my answer to Jesus is yes, no matter what, no matter how uncomfortable, no matter if it's popular or not, I don't really care. Like I said, I stand accountable. She said, well, I have to tell you, if that was any, many, money, mo. that's not the one I would pick. <laughs> and I said, well, it's a good thing I'm not listening to you. <laughs> so today, I'm listening to Jesus, all right? going to take us to the word. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he went with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat. And he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Very familiar scripture. I do love to take the unusual messages in the Bible and ring out whatever the Lord would show. But today we're coming back to a popular message that most of you are familiar with. But if you can just listen today, have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. In these scriptures, Elisha was left with the decision. It was the same decision that we're faced with today. The decision is the one that we're being charged with today. Jesus 
is challenging us to leave behind whatever it is that we would follow more than following him. Come on, it's going to get real. To follow Jesus, what does that mean, Sister Dana? I already gave my age away. I'm a child of the 80s. Come on, we are. Are you yet? I don't know if you yet, but we're a child of the 80s. I told you what following Jesus looked like for me. It was revival after revival. I didn't have a normal childhood. I didn't get to go to the ball games. I had to go to church. You know, that's what following Jesus was. Our life was church. Our life was following Jesus. But I don't know if you know what I'm seeing and maybe what you're seeing. But today, there's not a lot of following Jesus. There's not a lot of three-week revivals. But there's a lot of going to ball games. And I'm not knocking ball games. Come on, you know that. But there's a lot of culture that's got in the mix. I don't even understand that word fully. I look at my young staff and I say, explain to me really what you mean by this new word culture. But there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of distractions and there's so many pleasures. But does not the word say that we would be, men would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God in the last day. We're seeing an absence of revival. We're seeing an absence of following Jesus because it is prophetic. It is. It's going to happen that there will be a great falling away, but there will be a remnant that remains that says, I went to church on a Sunday morning. I've seen people get miraculously healed. I heard a charge about revival. I'm going to do this thing called follow Jesus. I don't care what it takes, but I'm telling you now more than ever, I pray I'm going to hurry. I promise I, I, do y'all get out at a certain time around here? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But now more than ever, I want us to be hearers of the word of God. And God is saying, follow me. Can you hear that in this house? God is saying, will you follow me? It's time that my people become all in for me. And so my daughter is a Spanish major. We go to Mexico, she talks because I can't hardly even talk English. But she was doing a, a, um, while we were in Chiapas a few days, weeks ago, she was telling us all about a story. And I began to talk to her about this story and I began to read it. But it was the spring of 1519 and a Spanish explorer, Hernandez Cortez, Sailed for an exhibition in Mexico. And the true story said he had 11 ships, 13 horses, 110 sailors, 550 soldiers. And the land that he was to encounter had 5 million natives. My goodness, those odds. He was outnumbered 7,500 to 1. But in addition to that, he was in an unfamiliar territory. But in spite of all of this and in spite of the odds, as I begin to read this and listen to Brooklyn, Cortez would go on to conquer and settle a great deal of Central and South America. And I begin to ask, how did he do that? One thing, if you know this story, how many know this story? One thing that he did once 
Cortez got onto that shore. Once they got onto the new land, after all the men got off of the ship, Cortez turns to the captain of the ship, still back into the ocean. And he gives a command that I'm sure blew the men's mind that watched this. It was a command that would mean this is not a training drill. This is not just something that we're going to do like we've done before. This was a command that meant it's all or it's nothing. And Cortez in that moment, I'm trying to paint you a picture. And Cortez in that moment, he begins to signal the man, the captain, to burn the ships. And he didn't signal this man. I'm going to try to tell you this. He didn't signal this man, uh, go tie the boat up on another shore. He didn't signal the man to anchor the ship somewhere else out in the deep so that they could get to it if they needed to. He told this captain, burn the ships. And as the men watch that ship go up in flame, could you imagine? These men knew something. Think about it. These men knew that going back to Spain was no longer an option. This was a mission in which they all had to be all in. How symbolic that the Lord has come by to talk to you today about a revival. A revival spirit. I'm going to tell you today. The only way. That there's going to be a revival sweep. This church. This community. This nation. Is if a bunch of people said I'm all in. I'm all in. To be all in. Cortez knew they had to burn. The ships. He knew that nothing could remain. That would be a temptation. When the times got rough. Nothing could remain that they could run back to. That captain of that ship knew they had to burn the ship. And I've come to preach a message this morning. And you already know the title. What is it? Burn the ship. Amen. In the text, Elijah. Elisha realizes that Elijah is inviting him to do what he says but remember first Elisha looks at that older man and he said can I not go kiss my mother and my father goodbye and then I'll go with you well I was struck by the response of Elijah he said to that young man sure you go back go ahead and go back but look at the word of God he said but think About what I have done to you. You see Elijah knew something in that moment. Addressing that young man. He knew that if Elisha goes to say goodbye to his parents. If Elisha goes to take one more look. If Elisha goes to take one last visit. There's a good chance. 
that the fear of what he's leaving behind might blind him to what's ahead of him. And I want you to listen. I want you to see what Elisha does. And in response to the call of God, Elisha, that young man, did something that I believe in the spirit. Some young men, some older men, some young women, some young older women are going to do that very similar thing that those men did in 1519. Elisha takes the very tools of his trade. You see, he was a farmer. We know that he was wealthy by the amount of plows that he had. And he takes the oxen and he takes the plows and he commands them to what? Be burned up. Because why? He's made a decision to follow to follow the Lord. He's made a decision to obey God. He's made up his mind. I've got a choice to make. But my choice is to be all in. And if you're hearing this message. Come on, are you tired already? If you're hearing this message. A call is being made today. God is calling us to be all in. Come on, can you hear heaven? Can you hear heaven over this place? God is calling us to live committed. I need to say it a little bit louder. God is calling us to be all in. We can no longer live the way that we used to live. We can no longer do the things we used to do. There has to be some sanctification. There has to be some consecration. God is saying, I'm calling my people in Florida today to be all in. And that's going to mean we're going to have to burn some ships. Too many of us have kept something familiar. Come on, I'm a pastor. I know people. I love people. But I know this to be true. So many of us have kept something familiar that we keep running back to. We get a little bit far. Something happens in our lives. We 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 taste a little bit of victory and things are going good for you. The church service was good. You got some friends on Facebook. You got some extra likes. Oh, but the minute it gets difficult, the minute your children act up, the minute your spouse gets on the pornography side, I'm telling you today when it gets a little bit messy too many of us are running back to what was we're picking up what was oh I'm telling you today let me ask somebody in this house what ships in our lives need to be burned up I know see see I told you she said don't preach this Let me tell you where we're at. Say, Sister Dana, where are we? Come on, talk back so I know you're ready. Let me tell you where we're at. We're at a place in time, prophetically, and backed by the word of God, that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is walking to the balconies of heaven. And he's looking over at the Father. And he's saying, can I go get my bride? Father, is it time?
time yet. And I believe he's standing there. And I believe that a word like this is going forward to prepare the bride. That when the signs in the skies are showing us that his appearing is at hand. When there's nations turning against nation. Come on, let me tell you about it. Almost two weeks ago. Come on, everybody's got a TV in your house. Almost two weeks ago, on the news, every one of us saw what happened to the beloved Israel. We saw Hamas go in and attack in the early hours of the morning. On the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. But I'm going to tell you, it was a sneak attack. It was an attack of devastation, as we all know. But we have some friends that are in Israel. These friends are rabbis. And they were talking to myself and my husband the other day. And they said, you know, it's custom for the rabbis, for the synagogues to read the Torah. The Monday before the attack on Tuesday, every synagogue in Jerusalem was reading out of the Torah this verse. Genesis 6 and 11. The earth was also, the earth also was corrupt before God. The earth was filled with violence. Now I didn't come to do a history lesson, a Hebrew lesson, but the word violence in Hebrew means cruelty. It means injustice and it means slaughter. I'm telling you, if you doubt the prophetic times, If you doubt where we are today, I want you to keep your eye on Israel. Because that verse in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11 connects us to the word of God. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the coming of the Son of Man. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 13, we hear the end of the flesh. God is saying all of mankind, their sin has come before me for the earth is filled with what? Violence. And through them and behold, I will destroy the earth. Let me tell you, we better be paying attention to violence. We better be paying attention to what's going on. Because in Zechariah chapter 14 and 2, The word of God says, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women ravished and half of the city shall go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Let me go just a minute farther in Luke chapter 21 and verse 20. The Bible says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, then know that desolation is near. Does anybody know what's happening to Jerusalem? Do you know in this very minute there's three borders that are surrounded by the enemy? And there are two more that's waiting or more that's waiting to surround Jerusalem. I'm telling you that is the prophetic time that we're in. Amen. And God says in Luke 
21 and 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift your heads. For your redemption draws nigh. How many knows what time it is? Amen. Folks here have heard the alarm. Have you been hearing the alarm? Has the alarm been sounding in your spirit? How much clearer can the word of God come into this house today? I didn't come here to preach a pretty pink, puffy, fluffy message. I come to preach what says the throne of heaven because he loves you. I love you. And the word of God is truth. And it's life for those that will hear the word. And it's time not to have anything to run back to. We have got to burn the plows. In Luke 9 verse 62 the Bible says no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I don't mean to sound hard in this house but looking back will connect us to Lot's wife. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Genesis 19 and 17. He said, get out of this place and don't look back. But in that moment, she looked back because she was not walking with God. She was walking with a man that served God. And I've come to tell somebody, your preachers, your pastors cannot get you to heaven. Your parents can't get you to heaven because her heart said, heart said I'm missing out I miss that lifestyle that woman came and she said we got to give some things up we got to live sanctified we got to live different I'm telling you I don't know I believe you do believe in the word backsliding that means that that means that it's not just one decision Backsliding is those who serve the Lord and have left the Lord. He don't leave you, but we can leave him. And we leave him because of choices. Not one choice, but multiple choices. I used to go to youth group, but now I'm making choices to do other things. I used to raise my hands and worship. Oh, but now things that I would never do, things that I judged others about doing, I find it easy to do. I'm telling you, uh, we are coming face to a decision because when God brings you out, I'm telling you, when he sets us free, when he delivers you, I'm telling you, you ain't got nothing to go back to, nothing to go back to. He'll set your feet on a new direction. He'll put you on a rock to stand. I don't know about you, but I don't have nothing to go back to. Amen. Amen. There's nothing that we can keep tied up. Somebody hear me that God does not know about. Because if we have a plan B, he knows about it. No, he doesn't. I got real good at hiding passwords. I got real good about living fake. I'm telling you. Psalms 139 and 2 says, you know when I sit down or stand up. 
You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Let me repeat that. God is saying, David was saying to Jesus, you know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know everywhere I go and what I do. You know my thoughts even though I'm far away. I'm telling you today, burn some ships in the name of Jesus. God was calling Elisha. Are y'all with me? He was calling him. There's a mantle I'm about to place on your life. There's a mantle that's falling on this church. Do you hear the correlation to the word of God? There's a calling. Listen, there are going to be churches of compromise. There are going to be churches... That are going to go political. But God is calling this church to raise a standard. This church to keep the standard. There is a mantle of the father that is falling upon this house. And as Elisha had to make the decision. He could have held on to the plows of security. Listen, that's pastor. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it like that. The leadership of this church has got to come into alignment with the voice of God like never before. They could have held on to the plow of security. He could have held on to the plow of identity. But let me ask you, are there old parts of your life that you're hanging on to? Are there old habits and old friendships? Are there old grudges that you're holding on to? Because God is saying, I'm sending an Elijah by. I'm sending Elijah one today and I desire to use you. I desire to use you, but many would hold on. God is saying, let go and let me. Because I have a work to do with you. And your decision is what determines if I will place and I will call forth those who thought they were inadequate, who thought they were incapable. God is saying, I have chosen you. Let go of some things so I can use you. Amen. Because Elisha knew himself. He knew if I don't get rid of these plows, I'll have something to go back to. You know, he could have hired. Think about this. Listen, it's only 1119. Come on. It's okay. He could have hired someone to keep the oxen. Think about this. I think stories like this. He could have said, hey, man, will you take these 12 yoke of oxen? And when you, I'll pay you good. I've got the money. Will you go and put them up and keep them in the barn for me? This man, Elijah, is calling me to do something. But he he said, he said to follow him. But I'm going to trust my oxen with you. This was what some of us have done. They have set fires to the plow. Come on, listen. But while there's smoke in the air, while everybody can see the smoke in the air when the preacher doesn't know about it, they lead their ox away to the barns. And they say, Sister Dana, I've come clean with 
with my husband. Honey, you led an ox to the barn when you still got his number in your phone. Sister Dana, I forgave them for what they did to me. Honey, you just led an ox to the barn when you talk about them behind their backs on Facebook. I'm telling you, it's getting that serious in the days to come. God is saying, present to him clean hands and a pure heart. That means some of us are going to have to burn some things in our life. What is it that we have put away in sight? What is it that we've hidden that you think that nobody knows about it? Because in Luke 18 and 17, it says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. And nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. I'm praying somebody still loves me. That you hear the tone of this message. This is not a message I wanted to come and preach. But it is the word of God over this life. Because God is calling us back to a relationship with him. And nothing can stand in the way of him. And his fullness of his presence in our lives. And God is challenging us today to sit right where you're at. And ask yourself, is there something in my life that I need to burn? Is there something in my life i got to get rid of? Listen, this is a house of love. This is not a house of judgment. I've heard the hearts of your pastors. They'll love you through that secret addiction. They'll love you through that secret sin. They'll love you through a bad attitude. I'm telling you, ask yourselves. going to stay right there for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of Do you feel that love? You know, when I was growing up, I'm sorry, I'm taking too long. When I was growing up, it wasn't love with a message like this. How many years are 80s? How many years are 80s? They scared me. I got saved every time I was in church. My daddy's one of the greatest hell preachers. He would scare me to get saved all over again. But the presence of Jesus. You know, I'm being very transparent and I'm trying to wait. 
I grew up Pentecostal holiness. Wasn't allowed to cut my hair. Wasn't allowed to wear pants. Lord, look at me now. Wasn't allowed to be like the rest of the kids. I hated church. Hated that they took my parents away from me. Dealt with some things. And if you come to the women's night tonight, we'll talk about some things that God can deliver you from. But we were taught hellfire and brimstone. If you mess up, you're going to hell. Anybody else? Listen, I believe that as a pastor, as a preacher's kid until about nine years ago, I never knew that grace and mercy would pursue me. I didn't know the love of Jesus would pursue me. And that's what is happening in this room. It's a hard message, and I've got a lot more to go. I got nine pages, and I'm on page six. <laughs> but I'm telling you today, what you're feeling in your spirit is the love of the Father. He has come to say, you got to get rid of those things that so easily beset you. You cannot, I tried running this race with secret sin. I tried sitting on the front row looking perfect, being everything they wanted me to be. Nobody knew. I'll share with you tonight. But I thought I'd messed up so bad I might as well just remain messed up. going to hell as a preacher's wife with the hard attitude that I had but the love of the father found me <laughs> sitting on the front row of a pew working in the church upstairs in the office going through the motions living a false life I'm telling you there's not one thing fake about me because I've lived fake I can't stand fake fake will send you to hell but what you're feeling in this room is the love of the father there's plenty of a, a message here but I'm going to obey Jesus if you're in this room, if you'll stand up all over this room. If you're in this room. And the Lord has already spoken to your spirit. There's nothing to go back to. If you have a plan B. If you have an escape plan. I'm telling you that thing will burn up. There is nothing that we can go back to that Jesus does not know about and I'm praying I'm fasting I'm believing that today even starting today I wish as this thing goes out through the airway 
days. I wish that there was a church of America. The churches that have ships of compromise. I've been in plenty of them. When you walk into the house, you go, oh my Lord, what's that yuck going on? And you just listen to the pastor talk enough. And you watch the children talk enough and give away the stuff on the family. But they're leading churches of compromise. I wish that there was a church of America. The churches of ships of compromise. Ships of judgment. Listen, there's going to be some homosexuals coming here. There's going to be some transgender coming here. There's going to be some people that don't smell like you come in here. And the old church can no longer have a house of judgment. We're going to have to be exactly what we just felt. We're going to have to be love. But there are churches and there are ships full of judgment. Ships full of religion that wouldn't let God invade. That wouldn't let God settle in. That wouldn't let God move. For if they had to pay for it, they wouldn't let it come. But I'm here to tell you there is a nation. I'm here to tell you there is a generation rising up now. And that generation has looked on at too many churches, has looked on at too many ships selling this good old gospel ship. And there's a generation by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to pour out of my spirit, he said. There's a generation post to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. There is a generation that we're going to pass these microphones to. There is a generation that is watching how this ship sails. There's a generation watching the ships of America. But I'm here to tell you, option by the word of God. They've been looking. They've been losing faith. But I'm telling you, I'm decreeing there's a generation that smells smoke. There's a generation that's seeing the fire. There's a generation hearing the command, burn the ships. And they're coming back to the house of God. They're coming back to lead the great awakening. I'm telling you. said about the water to wine too many preachers have got it wrong he didn't save the best wine for last read your word the best wine is now let's live like it's now come on let's live like it's now like there's a pouring out at some point somewhere what every one of us that hear this message that feels that conviction what is sister what is conviction conviction is that thing I, I don't feel good right now conviction is that heart racing Conviction is, my God, did she read my, did she, did she been in my Facebook account? That's what conviction is. At some point, 
We're going to have to. what I did not. Heaven is saying, burn the ships. Could this be the last thing it takes before the great revival to take place? I believe to burn the ships gets the bride ready. Let me ask you, will you do it today? Will you? hear that yes on the front row will you ask God to take you to the place and show you what needs to be burned up in my life you let me let me thank you for that but let me talk to those who could not answer yes Acts 27 and 30 says Paul was on a boat and there came a storm the men were told by Paul let down the anchor but the Bible says 
they pretended. And they did not let down the anchor. But instead they let down some little lifeboats. And these people ended up in a shipwreck. Because they did not heed Paul's direction. Friend, and I feel like I can call you that. You can no longer pretend what you're feeling away right now. You can't pretend this message is going to lead your thoughts. Because here's what's going to happen. After today, when you run back to those ships, when you and if you dismiss this word and you run back to those ships, I promise you, in your spirit, you're going to hear, burn the ships. I promise you, when you lay your head down to try and sleep, and you will not release and give up those things in your life, even as a Christian, as a sinner, that God is saying today, I promise you, you will hear, burn the ships. Because we cannot continue to have one foot in and one foot out. Amen. Amen. So if you're here in this house today, and I know it wasn't the popular message, but if you're standing out there and you say, Sister Dana, conviction has gripped me today. I, I feel my heart racing. I, I feel that uncomfortableness. It's me, Sister Dana, but I don't know what to do. I really don't know what you're asking of me. I'm not asking anything of you, but Jesus is saying, if you will bring that thing that you're sailing on, if you will bring that comfortable place, that place of compromise, that place that you keep running back to, and you say, I don't even know how to, I don't know what you mean by burn the ships. I'm telling you, just come to this altar and God will let it come afire. He will burn up that thing in you that you cannot do. God said, I'm a present help in the very time of need. You don't have to do anything but make the first move. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to tell me anything. You don't have to tell the pastors anything. But is there anybody in this room, Sister Dana, from the young and the old? It's me, it's me, it's me. That's why you couldn't do the comfortable message. It's me, it's me. I don't know this Jesus. But I need, I need, I need it burned up. I need a change in my life. I need salvation. Is that you in this room? If you'll just... Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. If you do not know Jesus, I see your hands all over this place, Pastor. Will you come up here and receive? If you'll just make your way out. Come on. We already felt his love. Come on. You already raised your hand. You said it's me. Come on. If you were next to that person, just let them out and bring them with you. Grab their hand and say you don't have to do it alone. Come on, come on, come on. Let's let's thank the Lord. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Burn the ships. Burn them up. Come on. Make your way up here. Now, 
are there people in this room? You say, Sister Dana, I get it. You got a Kleenex, some. I get it. I get it, Sister Dana. I get it, Sister Dana. Well, thank you, Jesus. Look what she went and got me. This is bigger. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I didn't realize it to now. I'm telling you if the pastor's wife dealt with it. I know that people in the house, I know people in leadership. I promise you, you're not going to get fired tomorrow. If you make your way up here, right, Pastor? If you'll say, Sister Dana, there's things in my life. I'm waving the flag. I'm signal the captain. Burn it out of my life. Burn it up. Burn it up. Come on. If that's you in this house, signal the captain. Burn it out of my life. Come on, make your way. You know what it is. 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 Burn it up. Burn it up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. The Bible says to compel them. I'm going to compel you to make your way to this altar and say, I can't walk out of here the same way I walked in. I I can be convicted sitting in my pew and the Lord God Almighty has revealed to me that thing that I keep running back to, that thing that I go to bed with, that thing that keeps me awake at night. God is saying, come and I'll burn it up. He's the captain. He's the captain. Come on, is that you? Before I turn this back to the pastor. Come on. Am I talking to a house full of people with clean hands and a pure heart? Thank you, Jesus, if I am. But there's some marriages that need some things burned up. Oh, you're trying to deal with it on your own. But God is saying, bring it to me. I'll burn up. I'll burn up that desire for another besides you. I'll burn up that addiction besides the things that you look for besides me. He said, I'll burn it up. There's no counselor that can do you like Jesus. There's no therapist that's going to do you like Jesus. I'm telling you today by the Spirit of the Lord. He's saying, come, come and I'll burn it out of your life. You'll not desire the things that you used to. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Pastor. Come on. Lead your people in prayer. word of God tells us that if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The voice of the Lord is speaking clearly to you. And I want to give you one more invitation because I feel in my heart there's many that are standing there and you're in a wrestling match with God. And what you're doing at this altar, and I spoke about a Wednesday night as church, we need to learn how to build altars again. We need to learn how to build an altar. An altar means that you're building something that God is going to set on fire if we lay the sacrifice. So all across this room, I want to just speak to you one more time. If God is touching your heart, come and lay it down before Him. Tomorrow is promised to none of us, church. None of us. God is speaking. Do not leave here the way.
that you came in. Lift your hands all across this church. Just do that. Build an altar right there in front of yourself. God, we hear your voice. God, we hear your heart's cry of love for your children. That, Lord, we would not be those who turn back, but we would be those who fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we would not be those who shrink back from darkness, but Lord, you would light us up with your holy fire today, God. That you would burn up every trace of sin, that you would burn up every trace of compromise, you would burn up every trace of us, that you would shine through us, Lord Jesus. God, burn it all up for the sake of knowing you, God for the sake of being close to you, for the sake of not sliding back. But God, we want to be those who move forward into ever greater levels of glory and ever ever greater levels of faith, God, today. Father, we build that altar. We dig out that well of revival. God, this is a generational revival house, Lord. And we pray as that, that well continues to be Unclog, God, we pray for a flow of the Spirit of God over every heart, every life, every family, every marriage, every young person in this church, Lord. God, we lay it before you. God, burn it up. We turn our backs on that and we focus ourselves upon you, Father, today. Because, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. God, you speak to the hearts of your children. And you call us back to a place of simple obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. Lord, we hear your word. We hear your voice. And God, we obey what you're saying in this house today. Sing, burn in us today, Jesus. Lift your hands today, Father. God, we hear your word. We hear your voice. We believe that we are being led by the love of God. We believe that we're being led by the warning of God. So today, Lord, we open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, we thank you for your voice. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you that you have moved into this room and that you've set people free and that we have burned the ships. Everybody say, burn the ship. Did you burn those ships today, church? Amen. Let's praise God for that. Lord, we thank you you for your voice and what you do, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to give you a couple more things before we go. Don't forget, tonight, 5 o'clock, it'll be our our women's women's thing at 5. It's like kind of the pre-party and eating and all that kind of stuff. Come back expecting. Amen. Hey, let's praise God for Sister Dana this morning. She brought the word of the Lord. We appreciate her. One more thing is I oftentimes forget it, but the Holy Spirit's kind of moved on into me. Right there in the foyer is your tithes and offering boxes. If you have your tithes and offerings today, as a matter of fact, if you've got those, let's pray a blessing over them. Amen. Amen. Pull those out. And we're going to pray God's blessing. As somebody reminded me just this past week, that is so important that you understand that you're sowing seed. Amen? So take your seed there in your hand if you got it. Let your pastor bless it. And I'll bless you and you can be dismissed this morning. Father, we thank you for a wonderful time in your presence, God. We thank you for 
for God, who you are to us and leading us and guiding us into all truth, God. Let every error fall today and let truth find its way into our hearts, God. I pray today that those who have come with the, with the seed this morning in the house of God, that, Lord, you would bless that seed. That, Father, as they sowed in faith, it would return under, the, under them. The heavens would open, the window of heaven would open, and men and people would pour back into the people of God. Father, bless that seed. Bless the peoples they go today. May you watch over and protect them, God, until you bring us back together at the appointed time. God, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory this morning. Thank you for inviting us into your throne room today, Lord. We do not take it for granted, but we say, God, thank you for your voice. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit. We love you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you greet a few people there on your way out, and God bless you. Come back tonight as Sister Dana will be bringing the word to our ladies.